Hey there, podcast listeners. Exciting news. My new audiobook, The Short Book Formula, a financial professional's guide to writing a book in six weeks to attract ideal clients, is out now. And the best part, for a limited time, we're offering this audiobook to you for free. Hurry over to www.theshortbookformula.com and claim your copy now. And now, on to our show. Hey everyone, this is Paul McManus, the host of the Million Dollar Producer Show, and I am here today with my special guest, Jamie Mendelson. Jamie is the Executive Vice President of Astro Group, and Astro Group is a company that specializes in life settlements, um, and I believe it's called Secondary Market Evaluations. Welcome, Jamie. Hi, great to be here. And the reason I asked Jamie to be on our show today is that I would love for our audience of advisors to get to know what are those insider secrets, those insider nuggets of how they can potentially use life settlements um, as part of their business to attract and retain high value clients. And so um, no better guest to have for this topic than Jamie. So um, with that being said, before we get into the details of how advisors can do that, I'd love for people to take a second to get to know you better. And so um, who is Jamie Mendelson and what led you to um, who you are and what you do today? Great. Thanks again for having me here today. So who am I? Um, I would say, you know, I'm I'm passionate uh, about the work that I do, um, both professionally as well as um, volunteer services that we provide. And when I think of defining moments in my life, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease when I was 22. So I was writing my master's at the University of Florida, go Gators, um, and got diagnosed with this Um, this disease, didn't really know a lot about it or how it would impact my life, but um, ends up, I I live with the disease, suffered for the disease for for a number of years. And I would say um, being being struck with a chronic disease is something that really defined who I am today. The importance of um, overcoming challenges, understanding that um, life is going to throw you some speed bumps, and it's your decision to either have them stop you and be, become a barricade or take and make the effort to overcome them and keep going. Yeah. So I think within my personal life, I fought for a few decades now um, with the disease to le- lead a great life, um, both professionally and personally, um, and always do my best to achieve all of, of my goals, even though I have you know, that disease that I have to deal with and and is a constant kind of everyday um, um, part of my life. But that has led me to the perseverance, the persistency, the um, aggressiveness that I bring to um, the clients that that Asher Group represents in the life settlement business. So um, I wouldn't change my my life path from where it's been, although there's definitely been some challenges, but I think it's made me a better person um, and Definitely. have more sympathy, empathy for others. Definitely. Thanks. Absolutely. And so the, your, your company, Astro Group, which you're the executive vice president of, um, my understanding is that this is a, a family run company. Um, mm-hmm. And I believe that I had a couple nice conversations with um, your brother at one of uh, the industry events at First Financial Resources. So I got to know him a little bit better. So um, what is it like, you know, working with brothers, family owned business, um, you know, tell us a little bit more about Astro Group, if you would. Sure, my pleasure. So my brother started the company in 03. Um, I joined the firm in 07. 
Um, when they were starting the company, uh, John, uh, who's actually CEO of Asher, who I think is, is who you've met in the past as well, um, you know, when they were starting the company, they had dabbled in this industry and made a decision that if they wanted to stay in this industry, they needed their own firm and they were going to need to be part of the process start to finish. Okay. Uh, and, and always, um, as we participated in the life settlement market, um, we've always worn the hat of the broker. So Asher is a nationally licensed life settlement brokerage that's based in Orlando, Florida. So as a firm, we represent the policy owner, the seller. So we don't write life insurance. We don't do wealth management. We're not purchasing policies for ourselves. We are partnering with advisory teams and policy owners to appraise existing life insurance policies and then represent the policy owner in the sale. So we're ensuring that the advisors we work with and their clients are having a best interest, best practice approach to the market. Mm -hmm. um, but my brothers, when they started the company in 03, recognized that this was a growing industry um, we're really in the infancy of the industry. Regulation started in 03. Hmm. Um, so we didn't transition from a viatical company into a life settlement company. We've always been um, a part of the regulated marketplace. Hmm. But they realized that the, the industry could change. So they actually chose the name Asher. Um, one, because they wanted to be an A, so that we are at the top of every list. There you go. Also, because Asher comes from the Old Testament and one of the 12 tribes, um, so Old Testament or Bible, um, and Asher was the tribe um, that created wealth. So hmm. has a lot of different um, definitions, but the one our firm adopted and how we approach the market is do what is right, you will be blessed. So that is on the wall of our, our office, every team member that we have, and we're a 30-person firm. Um, every team member we have has that um, mission as part of our approach to the marketplace when we're partnering with the advisors and the policy owners we represent. Very cool. Help me yeah. understand. Um, so in terms of the, the, the way that you engage the market and you mentioned policyholders and advisors, typically mm -hmm. um, do you work with advisors on behalf of their clients or do end user policyholders come to you or both? What does that look like? Sure. We're really more of an enterprise level solution. We see the importance of having an advisor that's playing some type of a fiduciary role um, to their clients involved in the transaction. So we do not do any direct consumer marketing. We are working with advisory teams. We spend quite a bit of time within the high net worth, ultra high net worth space, because I think with changing um, estate tax liabilities, with the aging population that we're dealing with, more and more advisors are recognizing that their clients' life insurance needs are potentially changing. So what we've experienced is whether they are attorneys or CPAs, insurance specialists, wealth managers, I'd say a great deal at the time, we're actually working with collaborative teams, um, especially you know as, as your um, client base is focused, your viewer base is within that high net worth space. There's um, a lot of moving pieces. So you really need um, those fiduciaries involved with any type of planning. Um, our focus is recognizing life insurance as an asset, treating life insurance policies the same way you treat other ordinary property. So you would never make a planning decision about someone's real estate, their art, their jewelry without first understanding the value. And that is how we partner with and assist the advisors and their policy owners with their life insurance policies. Um, how, how well known are life settlements for your um, average advisor? Is, is it, is it, and I don't know the answer, so I'm asking you, yeah. but, but is it fairly well known 
what's the level of expertise that you find advisors typically have when it comes to life settlements? You know, I think there's so many different services that advisors are, are currently aware of and offering to their clients that life settlements hasn't come to the front of, mm-hmm. um, you know, their applications or discovery when making decisions about clients. I would say from an education standpoint, we speak all over the country to different types of fiduciary advisors about this marketplace because it's still relatively unknown. The whole industry last year probably did, you know, a little bit more than a few thousand um, transactions in the secondary market. So when you think of the tens of thousands of policies that are written every year, when you think of the fact that over, I think, 119 billion of death benefit is lapsed or surrendered on insureds over the age of 65 every year, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you're talking, you know, less than 5 billion probably or someone in the the five billion dollar range that actually is being life settled so i think there's a lot of opportunity for education and creating awareness among advisors um, which we hope will trickle down also to policy owners um, about this marketplace but okay so the question i have is how familiar do you find your typical advisor that works with high net worth or ultra high net worth clients, how familiar are they today with the ins and outs of life settlements? Okay, so the the next question I have for you is, in your experience for an advisor or other fiduciary working in the um, high net worth or ultra high net worth market, how familiar are they today with the ins and outs of life settlements? Um, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunity for increased knowledge um, from advisors at, at all different levels. Um, I do think that advisors have a lot on their plates. There's a lot of different services and designs and structures um, that they need to be experts at. So I think that's a lot why. Um, we're seen as a partner with many of these advisory teams to really be the expert in the life settlement um, industry, in the life settlement space. Mm -hmm. Um, I think ultimately um, what my goal is when I'm speaking all over the country to advisors, um, we're also part of the American College's Retirement Income Planning Program, providing education about both life settlements as well as the importance of valuing life insurance. What I, and I guess what my hope is, Um, at the end of a discussion or end of a presentation is that advisors know when to call us and to make a call that they're at least asking the question to their clients, um, when's the last time you had your life insurance appraised? Or notifying their clients by saying things like, before you ever surrender or lapse your policy, make sure you notify me. I think that there's a, a growing awareness that the life settlement market exists um, and that this is, especially with best practice regulation, what's coming out, you know, in June of 2020, we're seeing more of a awareness and requirement even that this is an option where maybe it should be part of applications and discovery with, um, with advisory teams, especially those wearing that fiduciary hat. Um, but I think ultimately my goal is we don't need these advisors to be experts. Mm-hmm. I think these advisors need to know enough that they know when to recognize a scenario or situation where they should explore this option, talk to an expert 
related to it. But I think there's a lot of opportunity for, for more education. I'm probably speaking at anywhere from 20 to 30 different meetings in a year between myself and, and my brothers, our firm, about this topic, because there is that, that growing demand um, that this is an option that those advisors should be aware of. Some of them are even finding advisors, um, I'm, pardon me, it's also finding advisors whose clients are coming to them and asking a question about the market because they've heard about it through a friend or family member. So I think that's also driving um, this desire to learn more about this marketplace. Sure. Um, what are the the signs, if you will, or what are the questions? I, I heard you mention it potentially should be part of the discovery process, but what are those situations that an advisor should be aware of where they can bring up the option of a life settlement? So I've seen advisors integrate the discussion about the life settlement option or the transaction, both with their clients, with their prospects, as well as with their centers of influence. So look at it both from a opportunity to create and deepen relationships with um, the consumer, the client, the prospect, but with the center of influence, it's also that opportunity to really be seen as um, the expert of all things related to life insurance, being aware of all those options. But um, being aware of scenarios where maybe someone's had a a change um, in their business needs, maybe they're selling a company or they're retiring, Um, other situations for personal needs, Um, you know, they've gifted out the majority of their wealth, Uh, maybe they've had a special needs trust and that uh, life insurance is no longer needed, a spouse predeceases the other, Um, and they've come to a decision that they don't know if the reason for which the life insurance was put in place um, exists any longer. Mm -hmm. And one of the major areas that we also see a a great deal of um, policy reviews and policy sales Mm -hmm. are families and situations where insureds are living much longer than expected. Mm -hmm. You know, right now in the U S I think there's over um, I think over 50,000 people over the age of a hundred, you know, in the next 20 plus years, that number is expected to grow to over 700,000 people over the age of 100. Mm-hmm. So when advisors are speaking with their clients or they're speaking with the children uh, of, of, um, of clients and or family offices, for example, where they're working with men, multiple generations, you know, and they're in a scenario where they never expected to pay the life insurance to 85 or 90 or 95. Mm-hmm. So I think that aging population is another big influencer on why the demand for the life settlement market is becoming um, much higher. And yeah you know, potentially a really great solution for creating the liquidity, the immediate capital or cash needs Mm -hmm. to help people maintain their lifestyle, their independence, um, or fund uh, causes that are important to them. We do a Mm -hmm. lot within the charitable space. So um, I think there's a a lot of of different specialties that this market uh, could impact. So again, you know, really pleased to be here and the opportunity to speak to your audience, because I think especially, um, you know, those that are working with clients in the the high net worth, ultra high net worth space that have existing life insurance policies, um, remembering that that life insurance, the value of a life insurance policy is not just the death, uh, pardon me, the death benefit, mm-hmm. but it's that assignability opportunity and be able to create liquidity today for other needs. What should an advisor know? So, so for their own personal interest, um, mm-hmm. aside from the client's interest, but for their own personal interest, what should they know about the compensation? How does this impact sure. them from a compensation standpoint in terms of what that opportunity is to find these opportunities and to work with you guys? 
No, that's great. So right now on the market, um, there is consistent fees that are earned um, and fee formulas that are earned. There's state reporting and transparency on these transactions. Um, you know, there are policies that are sold um, for very little value over cash. Mm-hmm. There's other policies that are sold for significant value. I think a study came out that the average life settlement sale created eight times the surrender value for mm-hmm. policy owners. So when you look at the marketplace today, especially working with a firm like Asher as a broker, so again, we represent the seller in the transaction. Um, our role and the advisors we partner with is to go to market, create a competitive bidding situation to ensure the highest value. So we're 100% aligned with the policy owner. Mm-hmm. So fees also fit that same um, approach. So our fees, the advisory fees are based off a of success fee. So mm-hmm. we work off contingency fees, similar to a real estate agent or uh, an attorney that works off a contingency fee. I'd say on average fees probably range somewhere between ten and 40000 mm-hmm. per million of death benefits. So mm-hmm. um, in certain situations, you're looking at significant revenue opportunities, but that's only going to occur if, if we were able to create and negotiate significant liquidity events for the policy owner. Sure. So it's a win-win for everyone. I always like to say we win with the client, or we lose with the client, and, and we don't like to lose. So. Yeah. <laughs> in in terms of the, um, so so I, I heard you say that the advisors themselves they don't need to be an expert in this. Um, that's what you're there for. Sure. In terms of potentially working with a client, can you describe a little bit more about that process? And so, if someone sees a potential opportunity, um, doesn't feel comfortable, and you know, having the full conversation, is there any kind of collaborative sales process or? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a great question. So again, we work with a lot of people that have their core competencies. They know what they're good at. You know, they're big fans of, you know, the strategic coach principles and that idea of, you know, staying within your lane and do what you do best. And I think that that is true as well for people that are also successful in um, the life settlement business. Most of the advisors we work with, you know, are working on one to five policies in a year. Hmm. You know, this isn't a, a, option that is viable for every client, Mm -hmm. but it's something that when it does work, it can really have great results and a big impact on clients. So we like to say it all starts with a phone call. So before an advisor even meets with a client, we'll have a discussion to say, this is the scenario, this is the policy, this is the age of the insured, this is their health. Ask a few other questions and say, does it seem like a viable candidate? Mm -hmm. And if it does seem like a viable candidate for the market, then that's the discussion they might broach with the client saying, I want to have a joint call with you with a specialist that we work with that represents the seller in the life settlement transaction. They sit on the same side of the table as you um, in the life settlement transaction. We want them... Um, to join us on a call to talk to you about the market. And then we jump on a call with the policy owner, the insured, other advisors that are part of the collaborative team and really talk about the market, the process, mm-hmm. uh, and, and what's involved with the transaction. You also have advisors that have that first call and we realize you know, we're really at a, a, a non-starter, whether it's the age of the insured or the health or the type of policy or face amount, where that also still is, is a conversation they have with the client, letting them know, you know, I came in, I know we were going to talk about your life insurance today. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure we were aware of all options. I had a, a conversation with a firm that specializes in representing the policy owner. Mm-hmm. They gave me some of, of this input. So, you know, let's table that for now and focus on these other areas, but know that that exists. So, yeah. you know, one, they're waving the flag that one, they know all the options that exist, but they're also 
showing the depth of their their knowledge that you know it's not something that's viable today. I'm not just saying yes to you because you saw an ad or something happened, sure. but know that I I explored it. You know, my dad's a dermatologist. So when my brothers were first starting in this business and they were trying to decide, is this something, you know, we should be doing? It's an interesting industry. Never heard about it before. Again, this is, you know, early 2000s. My dad said, you know, as a doctor, my job is see every patient. When I go into the patient, it's my job to give them all their drug therapy options, all their surgical options. And then I make my recommendation. But it's my job to know what's available. You know, when I go to my advisors and my dad's a senior, he said, I expect them to advise me and give me all my options. Mm -hmm. So if I go to them, I expect them to know that this life settlement option exists. And if they don't know it exists, then similar to me as a physician, if I don't give all the options to a patient and they learn about something somewhere else, or there was a better technique that really would have helped them, that's malpractice on me. He goes, I look at your business or your potential business at the time as the same thing. You know, advisors, and this is a highly regulated marketplace, mm-hmm. 100% of the states offer the life settlement option, mm-hmm. and there's specific life settlement regulation in 46 states. So for him, and it was, again, the, the beginning of, of Asher Group said, you know, for advisors, especially those wearing a fiduciary hat, you know, it's their job to, to know that this market exists and be aware and make clients aware of this option. They don't have to recommend it, but sure. just giving people their options. And I think that's what we do here at Asher. This isn't the silver bullet. The life settlement's not going to be the, mm-hmm. the you know best exit strategy for all clients, but at least give people information, give them the option. But if there is a decision made to go to market, mm-hmm. you know, with confidence, I can tell you and the advisors we partner with that we are going to approach the market strategically, aggressively to ensure policy owners are receiving a best practice approach, competition, and the highest value. But I think that's really for advisors today, the heart of it. More people want to make sure that they are aware of the option Mm -hmm. and know who to call um, and just don't miss those opportunities that could become potentially really big liabilities. Absolutely. Yeah, no, and I I, I totally agree. And that's why um, we're excited to have you on our show to, you know, really help educate the market and those advisors um, who aren't um, as, you know, aware of life settlements or Mm -hmm. don't have kind of a go-to source perhaps to, Um, help them. If you would tell us a little bit more. So, you know, someone watching this, listening to this, um, you know, their curiosity's peak, this is an advisor. Um, What would be those next steps? You know, maybe they don't have a client yet, but they want to investigate more, get a little bit more educated. Um, Should they go to your website and look at any resources? Should they reach out to you? Um, what would you recommend for someone that's that that whose curi- whose curiosity is peaked at this point? Sure, I mean I think our website um, has a lot of great information, but I'm happy to receive a phone call, uh, have an email come in. Uh, we can set up a call to talk about the market. Um, you know, we focused a lot on on the client experience mm-hmm. as well when there's this immediate client need. But we have a lot of information that's available um, related to growing your business with other centers of influence, which I think. For someone who doesn't have an immediate need, understanding the market is is one piece of it, but also being able to, being comfortable, I should say, and having the materials you need to broach the discussion Mm. with the centers of influence. So not only are you potentially looking at your clients and aware of of opportunities where the life settlement might be an option, Mm -hmm. but then your centers of influence are coming to you saying, is this um, something that would be relevant to my client? Mm. And Asher, as a Firm outside of, you know, you know, obviously I said we were part of, 
you know, American College and that part of education. We have a, a lot of material. We've been published in Trust in a State a number of times, um, in Tax Advisor, um, you know, articles associated with FSP related to longevity. So I think there's a lot of information we can provide that one provides them the education to not miss an opportunity to discuss with the client or at least feel comfortable about making it part of, you know, the application or discovery. Um, and that's for the insurance specialist, the CPA, the attorney, you know, integrating those questions in, but also the materials that back up, you know, that discussion that will give information about the market that maybe they don't want to jump on a phone call and provide. Sure. A lot of that social proof for them as well. Very cool. So, um, and thank you for bringing that up. So, if I under, so from my understanding of what you just said, um, the, you know, the life settlement market, um, and this is my take, so feel free to correct sure. me, um, is that it's, it's more if they have an existing client and they see an opportunity, then this is a resource that might be applicable to one of their existing clients. But from a business development standpoint, it sounds like this is an excellent opportunity to um, reach out and warm up those relationships with the centers of influence that could bring absolutely. in new clients. Can you, is that correct? And so can you speak absolutely, to absolutely that? correct. I, I think at least 50% of the policies that we're appraising and or selling in the market, I think 50% of the policies we see are brought to us by advisors that are not the writing agent, but they're seen as the insurance expert within their client base or they've recognized the importance of making sure that a policy is appraised before it's ever surrendered or left or they recognize the aging population or the dynamics of, of the family mm-hmm. you know I'm not sure about you with the clients that you work with but I seem to work with a lot of advisors that will tell me about maybe some dysfunction within within their their client base mm-hmm. well you know sometimes the ability to take this illiquid asset and turn it into a liquidity event that creates, um, you know, cash flows that might be needed for certain parts of the plan can alleviate some of those tensions. We've had situations where, you know, siblings were having to to figure out who was paying what related to, you know, their loved one or their parents care, you know, for skilled nursing facilities that can run, um, I don't know, thousands of dollars, tens of thousands of dollars, depending where you are. The ability to take a life insurance policy and liquidate it to fund someone's long-term care needs, you know, that creates a lot of relief, you know, Mm -hmm. both in relationships of those trying to battle to pay, but also, you know, for, um, for the the parent or the grandparent. I mean, those are the stories that give me goosebumps about what we do in this market. You know, they might not be high revenue generating cases. Sometimes Um, these might be smaller policies, Mm -hmm. but the impact of recognizing life insurance as an asset the liquidity it can create that can help fund someone's care and independence, that's powerful. You know, and I think that's why we we look at the regulation in this marketplace mm-hmm. as looking at it as a firm based off how we do business and how we've always done business, that it's really, you know, regulation has brought us even um, more opportunities because it's recognizing that, you know, this is a legitimate option that exists for policy owners. And advisors, when they're looking at estate and business planning and they're looking at all the assets their clients own, recognizing that that life insurance could be an asset that helps um, helps their clients in their planning, um, that's powerful. You know, it, it's whether it's maintaining care. We've seen other people liquidate their policies and create the cash flow they needed to, you know, buy more inventory for their companies. We've sold policies 
that were corporate owned where the policy ended up being worth more than the, the company was. Okay. You know, it really created, you know, opportunities. So I think just putting it on advisors radar, working with the right parties, recognizing who represents whom in the transaction, um, asking that question, you know, who is your fiduciary duty to in the life settlement transaction? You know, Asher, and, and I'm sure the reason we're here today, especially with those advisors that have that fiduciary hat, we ensure multiple bids representing the seller as we're crafting the case and putting it together mm -hmm. to make sure that the policy owner is best represented and really has someone that's aligned with them in the transaction. And I think that um, the importance of understanding that is another reason that we're brought into a lot of relationships mm -hmm. is understanding who represents whom, the scope of the market. And we can provide all those um, all those details to your viewers. And it's our pleasure to do that. Very cool. Um, this has been excellent. Um, before we end, um, is there any question that um, I haven't asked that you think is um, important for our audience? Or is there any final advice that we haven't talked about that you think that you'd like to share with our audience? You know, I want, I appreciate that opportunity. I think again, honing in on the point that I said of the importance of treating life insurance, like you would treat every other piece of ordinary property. Mm. Before you ever make a planning decision, it's important to understand the value. You know, don't just immediately go back to what you're used to with that being lapse, surrender, et cetera. Recognize that term insurance could have value, especially term insurance that's still convertible. So even though term might be zero on the balance sheet, you know, we might be able to, and the market be, might be ready to purchase that policy for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, you know, I think clients, when they're looking at their planning, um, especially say a, a wealth management advisor, you know, when you look at a client's planning and you're looking at balance sheets, recognizing that life insurance, although an illiquid asset, has that opportunity to create an immediate liquidity event that can be applied to you know, investable assets and or other products or services. So, you know, the biggest takeaway I would say, and, and I travel all over the country, um, and we welcome the opportunity to, to speak to your viewers and, and present around um, to all different types of, of advisors is whatever you do, you know, making sure clients recognize before they ever surrender or lapse a policy, make sure they understand what's the fair market value for that asset. You know, that I would say is kind of paramount is making sure that that's part of, of every discussion. If a client should bring up and say, hey, I'm selling my company, I'm going to just let that life insurance policy go. Having that discussion that says, before you do that, mm -hmm. let's understand if there's any value for that asset. And if there is, um, you know, then we can make a decision on, on what do you want to do with it. Yeah. And I guess finally, if advisors that are watching this um, haven't really spent any time within the life settlement market, the life settlement space. Um, look at your client base, mm. you know, sort your database by age. Look at your senior clients. I would start with those clients, 85 plus, 80 to 84, 74 to 79. You know, this is a marketplace of institutions that have about a 15 year time horizon for mm. the asset. You know, the same types of buyers that are buying um, infrastructure, oil and gas, um, REITs are buying life settlements. So these are large domestic and international capital that are viewing life insurance or the life settlements as part of their alternative asset allocation. So um, if you haven't explored the market, we welcome any questions, but sort your database by age. And I think that'll give you a really good starting place of 
where are some opportunities, but also, you know, where are some, some opportunities to mitigate risk and liability by making sure we check the box hmm. with this information. So Very I think cool. that's it. I yeah. could keep going yeah, for a no. long time. So I just shut myself <laughs> this, 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 I'm passionate about it. This has been fantastic. And so thank you, Jamie, so much for being a guest on the Million Dollar Producer Show. Um, we look, so we'll, when we publish this, we'll have links to your website um, as well as any other contact information. So once again, thank you for being your guest today. We Great to be it. here. Thank you.